0: I pulled up in front of those businesses. sat in the car for 20 minutes. I never walked into the building. I drove away. I couldn't go into the building. I talked myself out of it. It was dumb. I don't know why. I don't know why I did that. So like looking back on it, it really was my inexperience and not recognizing that I'm not wasting their time. I didn't really think about how. I could help that business. Right. I was only thinking about myself. Yep. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Finding Fire podcast. I'm your host, Matt LaFlam. And I'm your co-host, Ryan Miller. And the Finding Fire podcast provides content that impacts individuals and in hopes to inspire, educate, and motivate them to take action to achieve their personal and professional passions through consultations with entrepreneurs and professionals at the top of their game. Today, we are going to talk about sales reluctancy. Ryan. Why do we choose this topic? You know, it's only affected our lives for like the past 15, 20 years. Yeah. Uh, sales reluctancy, I think, is one of the biggest challenges for really anyone new into sales and even veterans, whether they know it or not.
1: But we've had combined over 30 years of sales experience and... A lot of different industries, and I think that's a positive thing because we've had so many different interactions with different types of individuals where we've been trying to learn more about them and build that relationship up. But like, what industries have you been in?
0: Yeah, I think that's a huge thing that you brought up because we've been in a lot of different industries from selling small, low-priced ticket items from sunglasses. Shoes. All the way up to high-ticket items such as elevators that are anywhere from... $250,000 250000 to half a million dollars, yeah. right? And everything in between from um, recruitment, I've done staffing, so mm-hmm. not actually selling a product, but selling a company or the idea of joining a company.
1: right? Yep, and I've been on the side of uh, more of the marketing side, advertising side of selling you know, services for branding and why you should use digital media and websites and all that type of stuff.
0: Yeah, so why don't we explain what sales reluctancy is.
1: Yeah, I think sales reluctancy, and, and we were talking about this off the podcast, it's not just cold calling, right? It's not picking up the phone, like relating cold calling with a phone and sales reluctancy. That's not, those two aren't married together.
0: No, there's so many different forms of sales reluctance, not even professionally, even personally, whether you're yeah. going to, say you are going to Go out and ask somebody out on a date. Mm-hmm. And you talk yourself out of it like, oh, I, I couldn't do that because you were afraid that you are going to get rejected by that person.
1: Yeah. Like, right? how pumped up are you leading up to the date? And then you're going to go pick he or she up. And then all those waves of uncertainty come in and all the what ifs as he or she is walking to the door. Like, oh, gosh, what, what about this? Then yeah. you start to freak out.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I did write down just some examples of other Forms of sales reluctancy, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to kind of go through these quickly, but like for over-preparing for a yes. sales call or a presentation is a form of sales reluctancy. Mm-hmm. Sitting there, if you're taking five, ten times longer to get to your next call because you have to prepare for it, the rest of the team is passing you by yep. sales reluctancy. Um, stage fright. Fear of getting up in front of people. Um, having that anxiety while you're on stage. Sales reluctancy. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do as good a job. Insurance sales really comes to mind because I've had plenty of opportunities. I know you yeah. sat down with multiple companies, yeah. right? Yep. And what's the biggest fear of uh, doing that? The
1: biggest fear for me was using your own connections. Using your own you know, connections. Whether it's family or friends. Like.
0: Right. I have a huge fear of selling to my friends and family, yep. especially when it came to insurance because I didn't believe in the product. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I don't feel comfortable selling that, but we'll, we'll get to that. Yep. Um, complex selling, anybody that's in, in industry, let's just take IT, for example, where there's multiple layers and multiple items that you need, the fear of screwing that up or not getting it right, mm-hmm. um, not wanting to go into that call. I used to sell IT. I'd bring somebody with me. Every single time. Yeah. Hated it. <laughs> <laughs> um, high ticket items. People that sell or have an mm-hmm. aversion to selling the highest priced item. Yeah. Hey, here's a computer. Here's another computer. Oh, yeah. I'm going to cut my price to match. You know, always going low ticket is yep. a huge problem.
1: Never, never assuming that, like, not attaching the price to the client, I guess, right? Like, Oh, it's gonna be way too expensive for them. I'm not gonna do. That. I'm gonna go for the lowest one yeah. that I'm most comfortable with and that they'll like me for. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, that might not
1: be the best solution either for the client.
0: A lot of times, you put that perception in your head, like, "Oh, the, that's gonna to be too expensive for them," or "I shouldn't do. I shouldn't go in at that high of a price." Yep. Like you're putting thoughts into your own head that aren't even there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the last one that I wrote down is not capitalizing. Um, both you and I sold websites. Yep. And when you have the opportunity to upsell, but you don't take the opportunity. So, oh my gosh, I got the sale. Oh, they bought a website. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I can't, yeah. I'm not going to push it anymore. I'm not going to bring something to the table. Mm-hmm. They've seemed like they were already hesitant on buying. Yep. I ain't going to sell them AdWords. Yeah. For another thousand bucks, two thousand bucks? No. No. Sales reluctancy. You are walking away from an opportunity to put more money in your pocket.
1: Mm-hmm. Or even asking for a referral at the end. Like, say the sale went super well, and you know, in the back of your mind, you're supposed to, you know, you want to ask for a referral to increase your business and get more revenue. But yeah, it's a whole mindset thing, right? You don't want them to think, oh, now he's going to start selling me, or now this, and <laughs> just getting uncomfortable and, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm going to hit you with a stat before we get into the thick of this. Into the thick of it. 80% of all new salespeople fail because of sales reluctancy. 40% of veterans stop prospecting. What do you mean by veterans? People that have been in the industry and we'll call them experts within their industry or product niche. 40% 40% stop just prospecting due to sales reluctancy.
1: Prospecting even.
0: Yeah. Man. And prospecting is also not just picking up the phone. It could be cold calling. It could be walking yep. in to a building, introducing yourself out at networking events. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people that go to networking events, and I see them, and they're at the same table with the same group of people over and over, not expanding their network. Yep. Sales reluctancy.
1: And that starts early, right? Like we just talked about people in new sales and then also, you know, veteran salespeople or again, outside of the, the workforce. Like maybe you're in a group of people, you're going on a date and you just always have that same like gut feeling of, oh, I'm uncomfortable because of this. Like, why? Just talk about, let's talk about the importance of recognizing that super early.
0: Yeah. Because so, that's
1: to your stat what 80% fail. What was the beginning? Of the stat? Yeah, eighty percent of new salespeople fail due to sales reluctancy. Yeah, because they don't. They don't. Maybe they recognize it, but they
0: don't do anything beyond that. Right. Perfect. So let's let's talk about that. Let's talk <coughs> about things you can do to overcome. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think you you said it is addressing your sales reluctancy, addressing the fear, the uncomfortableness. Um, you have to know why you don't want to sell or you don't want to make that phone call. You don't want to walk inside that building. Yep. Um, I'm going to just share a real-life example with you. Yeah. Um, early in my career, while I was doing staffing, um, I literally drove up to a building. I had every intention of going to hit a certain block. I was going to go to all the businesses. I pulled up in front of those businesses. It was more on the industrial side of things. I sat in the car... For 20 minutes, I never walked into the building. I drove away. <laughs> I couldn't go into the building. I talked myself out of it. Every intention of um, leaving the office and then going in. Yeah. I sat there. I was like, "There, these people aren't going to w- want my services. Like, And then I would go into the notes and see if anybody else had gone there. Yeah. Nobody else has gone here either. Like, ah, I'm wasting my time. I'm just going to be wasting their time. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? I, it was dumb. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I did that. Yeah. So like looking back on it, it really was my inexperience and not recognizing that I'm not wasting their time. Mm. I didn't really think about how I could help that business. Right. I was only thinking about myself.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I might one-up you on that one. Hit me. I just feel... Uh, it's, it's bad, so <laughs> <laughs> so. Know if you're in a a sales job, and I guess the one you are, you and I were in was a phone sales job, and we have to hit certain dials per day to you know the KPIs, right? When your supervisors are looking at it, yeah. Again, this is early, fifty dials a day. Get it, yeah, fifty dials a day. Let's say that we're starting off. <laughs> and, um, I, if I just so happen to come across some numbers that. Um, I knew it was a wrong number, or I knew that uh, it was the, the number didn't really work, but it still counted as a dial out tone. <laughs> I called them a few times, so I had about six or eight calls. So now I'm like, all right, cool, it's ten o'clock, pressures
0: and, off, right? You're, I'm you're kicking, but the numbers
1: look good on the screen, but then you know, why did it? Why did they do that?
0: Fraud, <laughs> you're a
1: criminal. <laughs> but why did I do that? And until you know, years later, and experience, and. Self-awareness was I did not want to get rejected. I thought the worst case scenario was somebody would hang up on me or somebody would
0: swear at me and hang up the phone. If you've never been in a sales <laughs> position where you are getting cussed out or being told to blank off or go pound sand, <laughs> you've never sold. Yeah. Uh, that is quite the experience. We got to we got to do that and experience that yeah. frequently. Yep. So,
1: and it just takes practice and repetition. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I kept, you know, I did that for a while, and that didn't help me at all. Like, I kept building up this fake confidence, but when it came down to it, I wasn't confident at all because I never recognized the why. Of why did I keep dialing those fake numbers, those bad numbers? Yeah,
0: yeah. So I want to get rejected. First thing to overcome: recognize why. You have that reluctancy. What is your fear? Figure it out. And then take the action to address it. Right? So in my example, I could have easily called somebody and been like, Hey, I'm having this like hesitancy to go into this business. Let's just chat about it for a few minutes. Or I could have went back to the office and been like, guys, I need some more product information. I need to figure out like how to go and tackle these type of Calls for this industry specifically, Mm -hmm. Um, and over time, I would have been more prepared, would have done it, and then got comfortable with it. But just never, I never took that step. Right, so you have to take action. If you're not taking action to correct it, Mm -hmm. nothing's going to happen.
1: That's asking for help. We talk about this on our podcast episodes with our guests, and a common theme that comes up is we just we ask for help. Like, don't feel bad about asking for help, whether that's your sales manager, your colleagues. Like you're trying to better yourself in the company.
0: Yeah, and I think for anybody that's on the phone, make a script. Right now, if you're, if you're having problems, make a script. Give your script to somebody in the, in the office, somebody else in the same role as you. Hey, read this script. Um, let's role play. That's going to be huge. If mm-hmm. you have a good script, you can get comfortable with it, and you can always tweak that to get better and better and better, and eventually you can toss the script aside and you're, you're golden. Yeah. Find passion behind what you're Heck selling yeah. find your fire right Heck yeah. uh, if you don't like what you're selling, it usually doesn't end well you're either miserable, mm-hmm. whether you're successful at selling it or not, like you have that reluctancy of like I, I don't want to show up to work today or mm-hmm. I don't want to go and sell this well, uh, like it's a huge problem right if yep. you don't believe in the product
1: right exactly that was one of my points I'll talk about too in a little bit, but yeah I mean if you don't believe in it or love it, like you're not going to dig in and know the ins and outs of the product and, and you're going to not feel confident with the questions that your client has and it doesn't help anybody.
0: Right. How about shifting your perspective? Yep. So instead of me sitting in the car thinking, oh, they won't want this. What about, hey, how could I help them? How could my people help their business or what I'm currently selling? How can my services Help their maintenance people. How can we Mm -hmm. save them money over the long haul? Um, Just changing that mindset and framing it differently, um, I think, is going to boost your confidence incredibly. I know it will. Hundred percent. Starting small, right? Instead of going to the industrial park, going to the big buildings, I could have went to World of Fish. (laughs) Could have went to the bike gallery. Yeah. You know, I could have started small. I could have worked my way into different things. And I think one of the the biggest things and most important things is keep a list, everyone. If you are struggling with sales reluctancy, keep a list of things that are working. Get creative. Try new things. Have a new pitch when you call somebody. Don't just stick with what you're doing. This is your time to experiment. This is time to figure out what works for you. So keep a list of what's working, Mm -hmm. and then just build off that. Yep. So I have one last thing that I think is super important that I almost missed here. But if you are dealing with sales reluctancy, at that moment, you could make a list. This is just an idea of how to get over it. Make a list with a plus column and a minus column. What positives will I have if I drive away from here. Well, none. You're stealing money from yourself. You're not going to get paid. You're not going to get your commission. It's easy. So yeah, the negatives, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Your pros and cons, make the pros and cons and figure out, you know, a guarantee it's going to equal out to be that you should make the phone call. You should go into the building. You should ask that person out. You should go out and search that next big client.
1: Mm -hmm. If anything, it's a learning opportunity, right? It sounds cheesy. Yeah, but it so is. Like we're still in sales. We're still in it in our in our uh, 9 to 5s and every time there was a failure or you were uncomfortable, like what did you learn from that? Yeah. I mean, that's a question you can ask yourself and you'll always have an answer to better yourself. I think I go like a little deeper, but I think it's super important to just be yourself and show your personality, like having that mindset of you know, this client is going to Get to know me. He's gonna to get to know my personality. I'm not gonna talk different to that salesperson because the product might be maybe it's a high ticket item. So I'm going to talk <laughs> like not me. And then they, the people see through that. But if you yeah. just stay true to who you are and your personality, and start to build that relationship up or sell yourself first, yeah, yep, then everything else just falls into place. Then when you ask for that sale towards the end, they like you, right? Right, you're not trying to be a different person. So I think just doesn't matter who you're talking to. Doesn't like whether it's your mother, the president of the United States, a homeless person. People are people. Right. It
0: doesn't matter their title. They everyone started from somewhere. Yeah. Right. That CEO that you have to go and talk to or sell to, mm-hmm. like they started probably the same place you did. Yeah. Like these people get it. Most people are down to earth. Mm-hmm. So yep. and again, what's the worst that's going to happen? going to tell you to get the f out of their office (laughs) big deal yeah
1: (laughs) yeah that's my main thing i think you touched on it, matt you know reminding yourself that you're a problem solver you're a trusted partner with them you're not just coming in to sell a product that you know a little about or you just talked about a script maybe you're coming with a product and a script but adapt and listen yeah i mean i think that's that's where your personality is going to come out too
0: Right, and if you're genuine, if you genuinely want to help people, you genuinely believe that it you, shows. Like you can help somebody, yeah. like it's going to show, and people are going to recognize that. Yep. Um, be yourself, be authentic. You know. And the last point I'm going to make on this topic is bad calls, bad visits, bad appointments, they're going to happen. There's no escape in it, mm-hmm. whether you've been in the industry of sales for one day, a year, or 50 years you are going to have people that are going to fuck up your day. They're going to mess it up, and it's going to make you feel crummy. Mm-hmm. It could be an 8 o'clock call. It could be a 3 o'clock call. And when those things happen, I suggest you set a timer. If you're in a bad mood after that call, set a time. Whether it's five minutes that you need to cool off or an hour, you're not going to be productive selling at that point in time. Go get an ice cream cone. Go go <laughs> get a soda. get a Monster. Get a Red Bull. Whatever you got to do, take a break. And brush it off. Yeah. That person that told you to pound sand doesn't matter anymore. Right. We're moving on to the next one. Yep. At the end of the day, it comes down to being successful and making more money, being more profitable, building your connections mm-hmm. and loving what you do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think in summary, you know, recognizing that the core root, right? Or the ruts of your of your sales reluctancy and building a strategy around that.
0: Right. And if you're dealing with sales reluctancy, you probably don't like what you're doing very much at that point in time. So it's crucial to get over that because you got to find your fire. And that is the end of the episode. Thank you, everyone. Hopefully you were able to pull some great information out of this conversation. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. Please be sure to like and follow at FindingFirePodcast. Have a great day.